1: Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place, Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio.
2: You know, I remember when I first decided to start my business, I had to figure out a few things. What was the problem I could solve? What was the value I could bring? Who were the people I wanted to work with? And once I had that ironed out, I discovered one more thing I didn't think about. How would anybody know what I did and how would they find me? Well, I knew I had to come up with a clear and concise message that would convey the results that would occur while not talking about how awesome I am and not be confusing. It already sounds like it could be confusing, right? Well, think about a time when someone said something that was really confusing. Did you ask them to continue or did you say, that's nice and moved along? Now, I can remember a client that I had, and I knew what she did, but when she was telling me what she says to her prospective clients, I was totally and completely confused, and after five minutes, she was still talking. She finally looked at me and asked if what she said made sense, and before I could answer, she continued explaining. Well, we finally did adjust what she would say, and the only thing that I wanted to say after that was, tell me more. So when you have a message to share, you want people to listen and learn and come back for more and bring their friends. So let's first talk about what goes into your message. How do you create this message and where do you start and how does it change over time? How do you even make it simple so somebody sees it as being less complicated? So the first thing you wanna do is you wanna start with a positioning statement, which is really a declaration of who you are and the value you offer to a specific set of people. Now developing a positioning statement, you should be writing it down because you have to solve a number of key business issues. You have to have the beginning of a succinct, consistent way to describe your unique value proposition every time you're in front of a potential customer, an investor, or an employee. Now, of course, as time goes on, you have to remember that you and your business are works in progress. So don't be afraid to adjust it as needed, but only when the changes are significant. Because the next question you want to hear would be, can you do that for me? Okay, so now, how do you share your message? There are so many ways to do that today and so many more than there were just a few short years ago. When my clients ask me how they can share their message and get their names out, I generally ask, do you like to speak to a group? You know, public speaking. Well, speaking, one, is really difficult to many, but speaking to a group is unbelievably difficult. But you have to like to speak in front of a group in order to do public speaking. So if you love it, it won't matter if it's five or 5,000 people. And if you don't, It's not going to happen. Now, I love to speak, so it doesn't matter where or how big the audience is, but it does matter who the audience is. Now, if you're looking to simply practice sharing your message, well, you can speak anywhere. If you're looking for the right people to hear your message, then you have to choose places where your ideal client is present. Remember that positioning statement. You want your target and you want the segment of that target to be in the audience listening to how you can solve what keeps them up at night. Another way is to be a guest on someone's radio show or podcast. This will take some of the jitters out because nine times out of 10, it's audio only. So you don't have to look into a camera or to be seen, just heard. The advantage is that there is a certain amount of time for the show. And that too is a disadvantage, especially when the guest has so many amazing things to say. And of course, it's easily resolved by asking them to come back a second time. Now, if you're not into speaking, how about writing? You can create a blog and be a guest blogger. Now, according to research from Content Marketing Institute, 80% of business-to-business marketers and 75% of business-to-company marketers include blogging among their current techniques. And 52% of B2B and 51% of B2C marketers expect that blogging will be the most critical tactic for achieving success in the upcoming years. Now, you can be a contributor to a magazine or a publication, and it's a great way to hone in on your message into bite-sized pieces. There's also eBooks. You can offer an eBook as a free offer to your website to give them a taste of what you have to offer. If they like what they read, they'll come back for more. The great thing is that you can download them instantly, immediately, and devour the content. Now, this can certainly get your message out and to be visible and create some screaming fans. Now, of course, you can also write a book, and that's a huge accomplishment in itself. You become a subject matter expert with the help of the book you just completed and being a published author is pretty amazing. Now let's not forget videos with YouTube and Facebook Live because this too can get to your audience immediately. You can ask questions, get their thoughts, see the comments, all of this. It's really pretty awesome. Now did you know that YouTube is the world's second largest search engine and second most visited site after Google? And if you want to know how to do anything, there's a video for it. There's 500 hours of video uploaded every minute and almost 5 billion videos watched every day. So if your audience doesn't know you well or isn't aware of a new product line or service, YouTube lets them see you as a real person and a business relationship can begin. So if you start producing a series of videos, you'll have a new fan club. And yes, they will share you with their friends and colleagues. So imagine, what could you do with your message? It's truly unlimited. You can also repurpose a blog post and turn it into a podcast or vice versa. You can take your ebook and create an audible version. And I bet if you Google it or look on YouTube, there are so many ideas that we haven't even thought of. So don't hoard your knowledge or your message. Someone is waiting for you to share your message. Your life is your message to the world. So make sure it's inspiring. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. And when we come back, you're going to hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about visibility. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back.
1: What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, 7 Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead, is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales-savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark, no-nonsense, glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com.
2: Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Okay, you are in for a special treat with my guest, who is a best-selling author and speaker and orchestrator of daring publicity campaigns, Luana Ribera. She is one that helps coaches and entrepreneurs to connect with a larger audience. If you have something you want everyone to see and talk about, or a great idea you want to develop, she will help you to rise to the top of your game and become the influencer on everyone's lips. She has appeared on Fox TV, ITV, BBC, and Channel 4, and is as comfortable in front of the camera as she is in a one to one situation. After becoming one of Forbes' top 21 emerging females to watch in 2018, She developed relationships with many other media outlets, including NBC, ABC, the Miami Herald, and the Huffington Post. And her latest book, Influencer Game of Phones, is the first of three-part series. The first book of the trilogy is a lighthearted yet practical guide to aligning yourself with the leadership mindset in order to create your very own online kingdom. I'm going to let her talk about that in a moment. She's also an international speaker who mixes inspirational wisdom and advice with contemporary culture and a healthy dose of humor. She's warm, funny, and uplifting, whatever the topic. She's 100% pro-diversity and pro-equality and aims to help everyone find their own path towards fulfillment and success. But when she's not on stage or on a phone to a client, she can be found in Portugal setting up a sustainable animal sanctuary. Somehow she finds the time to play the occasional twisted psycho in a horror movie, which might come up as a shock if you've met her usually smiley self in real life. So welcome to the show, Luana. I am so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here, Judy. Thank you. You are so welcome. So let's talk about the discussion of the day. Being visible, what does that mean to you? Oh, just allowing yourself to be seen
3: and being yourself, showing up as the true you and sharing your message on a wide scale, reaching the people who you're meant to reach and calling them into your space. So why is being visible so difficult to figure out? Because there's so, there's so much people out there fighting for attention, isn't there? You know, if you go, especially in the online space, you go online and there's everybody shouting about how, you know, how great they are and showing their skills and everything. And, you know, how how are you meant to know who is the real deal and who is just dipping their toe in? How do you know? It, It can be... You can sometimes get confused with all of these messages being thrown at you. So it takes something different, something special for you to really connect with that person and draw them and bring them into your world
2: for Ooh, I, you to grab their attention. Yeah, I was, I, it, you just gave me the goosebumps because a lot of times people draw you in and when you get in there, they're not the right person for you. And yes. I, right. And I think that that's a big, big one. Why, you know, we're not, we're a little skeptical about being visible. And then sometimes we are trying to do this and we can't find the right people to help us.
3: Yes. I mean, I, this is something I've been talking about a lot this week, actually. It's, I, I've been asked a lot this week, how do I know when I'm ready for mainstream media? Because, you know, going into mainstream media is a huge, huge step. You are going to be visible. And you want to make sure that these people don't come into your space and then leave and forget about you and move on to the next. Mm. You want to make sure that before you go all out with PR, that you've got the business foundations in place, that you're sharing valuable content, that people can click on you and instantly see who you are and what you're all about. And, you know, it's getting those foundations in place that's going to be the difference between being seen and having a bit of fun with these features and appearances or actually calling in more of your people and building your audience and, you know, turning some of them into clients.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, sometimes I I hear many times that being visible, people naturally assume that they have the opportunity to be on TV. And that is very frightening for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. I've even had women who wanted to be on my program, they backed out because they didn't like the way they looked, even though we are only audio. And I said to them, you know, we can't see you, their cameras are not on, but they back out anyway. So what do you say to calm their nerves? Because being visible doesn't necessarily be mean being seen as a face it just means being seen for your brilliance
3: yeah well first of all I just I I find it heartbreaking that people are so what's the word for it yeah that they don't feel confident enough to to be able to come onto these interviews and allow them to be seen it's not about you know it's not about how you look It's, it's about your energy Mm -hmm. it's about and, and part of that is your appearance yes but not in the not in having to look a certain way but in looking how or coming across how you want to come across and people can feel that energy so you know to somebody who was thinking in that way I would say first of all really really work on the mindset and to figure out where those beliefs have come from and to shift them and it, you, it is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Is, I, remember, I remember, okay, I was an actress. I was well used to being in front of the camera. But when I started coming onto interviews, on podcasts, radio, onto TV, I was absolutely terrified because it was one thing pretending to be a character. It was completely different standing there and saying, hey, this is me. Right, right. And I, I would freeze And it's taken a lot of work to get over that. And this is something I help people with now, you know, in being able to to get past those sorts of things through using things like visualisation. A good thing to do Mm -hmm. is to visualise you as your next level self. So who do you want to be? How does that person talk? How do they stand? What do they say? You know, what, what kind of tone are they speaking in? Are they certain in what they say? Are they sounding unsure?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: how, who do you want to be? And then you visualize yourself as already being that person. And then you just step into that, that role. It's very much like acting, believe it or not. This is a really common misconception about acting. People think it's hiding behind a character, when actually we can pretend to be a character, but what we're actually doing is we're pulling out that part of ourselves from deep within our soul. You know, we're actually bearing our souls. So I'd like to bring those across into training people to get ready for interviews. So, and it's exactly the same thing, it's just visualizing and stepping into that person, but instead of stepping into a character, You're stepping into Into your next
2: level self. Yeah. Yeah. Now that that makes a lot of sense. So tell us about your business. I know you do more than visualization because I know how successful you are. (laughs) Tell us about the business, why you started this business.
3: Oh, okay. So it goes back to my acting background. I was naturally in the media a lot. And it just came easy to me, you know, I never thought of it as something other people didn't do. It was just what happened as a natural result of being an actress. And then from acting, I opened an acting academy. The academy, it, it did really well. It was the first business that I felt was a success. Everything I wanted to happen just happened. Not easily, I'm not pretending it was easy, but it did. And it did so well that my 10-year goal was to go to move abroad somewhere from the UK and to open an animal sanctuary. Well, after two years, I was able to do that. Now, to open the animal sanctuary, I'd always told myself I did not want to rely on donations. I wanted the sanctuary to be funded through my business, and so I'd reached that point. So what I did, and I'd had a, oh, I had a media storm and all sorts going on in the UK, and I just thought, do you know what? I'm I'm going to go. I'm just going to go right now. So I went off to Portugal, left my business behind, being run by a team, uh, lots of systems in place, and it carried on running quite nicely without me, which was lovely. So, I thought I would better teach other people to do this. Now, because of this media flurry I was in, I, <laughs> I decided I was going through a very crazy and very public divorce. Oh. So, what I did, mm-hmm. <laughs> I decided to run off and be in nature. And I lived wild for three months. I actually lived in a ditch and covered with nothing but a polytunnel there I wrote my first best-selling book which was all around how I created this business that gave me the freedom to do what I wanted to do off the back of that book I set up a course I didn't do any marketing I didn't do anything for it everything happened as a result of this book and the PR that came as a result of that so when my book went to bestseller. All of a sudden, the media I was getting was no longer about my personal life. It was showing me as the expert in this chosen topic. And I didn't do any advertising. I wanted to test how it would work. And it went to six figures pretty quickly over over the course of a few months. And I thought, you know what, this is quite good. And as I was delivering the course, one of the modules was all around Books and media and what I found was I did not want to stop talking about that topic and that's when I decided that that's that's what I was being called to do but it still took me a while from that point because do you know when something comes naturally to you it's quite easy to think that everybody already knows everyone's already doing it and that's the impression I had I thought oh Everyone knows how to get into the media. Everyone knows how to get on TV. Everyone knows how to get themselves in the national press. I didn't know any difference. And it wasn't until my coach said to me, like, you know, hardly anybody's doing this stuff. That's when it clicked. And that's when I really started watching people and what they were doing. And I started talking to people. And I started seeing this pattern of people really wanting to be seen. Wanting to get their voice heard, but they weren't doing it. And the first thing I did was I created a course. Now the course was me teaching everything I knew about media, and what I found was that people were very enthusiastic, they were really, you know they were full of fire, ready to go, but they weren't taking action. Mm. And that, that's when it clicked. Do you know what, there's too much going on here because it. To, really be consistent in the media takes a lot of consistency and it takes the ability and the mindset to always be you know willing to push further and to do more without the brain monkeys getting in the way and when you're taking a big leap that comes through being in the media there's a lot of stuff that can get in the way and so many people were being held back through these false beliefs and the stories that they were telling themselves. And what I find was just things like, um, <laughs> I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a thing, I call it bookzilla. When the authors, this, this happens every time, every single time without fail. If there's a new author, they get to a certain point in their book and that can be anywhere from... Around seventy percent to the first draft being complete, up until the day of publish, and they turn into Bookzilla. <laughs> so everyone's heard of Bridezilla. I'm telling you that Bookzilla exists. So when my when my book clients come to me and my media clients, we talk about the things that can happen as a result of them suddenly upleveling. You know. When people publish a book, they're bearing their soul to the world. It's like standing naked in the middle of the street or something. And it's the same with media. You know, you never know what's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I can, people have all sorts of fears. What if I trip over my words? What if I forget what I'm saying? Do you know what happens to me all the time? It doesn't matter. What matters is that you can recover from it and that you can move forward, and this is another way I bring my acting into what I do, because we do plenty of improvising, and, you know, working ways around if everything goes wrong, and so
2: so there's a lot of layers to, to what I actually do. No, I think it's interesting, and I, you know, and when you said improv, I always have said that high school graduates and college graduates should go through an improv course because it doesn't matter if you're funny or you're not funny, but it helps you learn to think on your feet. And I, right. And I, I think it's brilliant. So, but I, I do have a question about books though. So many people, especially women feel that they may not have anything to share that whatever they're doing or loving or whatever it is, it's not enough. And if they don't have a book, they don't have credibility. That's what they think. you know. And that enough nonsense can go on for days and days and days. Do you think that everybody has a book? Do you think that there are people that should be sharing their brilliance? And I'm sure there are some that should not be. But what do you think? This is so common. This
3: is so common. I have never... I get this all the time, okay? I get people saying, oh, you know, I want to write a book. I don't feel like I'm ready. I have never, ever had, I've never had it where I've actually spoken to that person and that story's been true. I've always spoken to them and then they've realized what it is that they want to say. Everybody has a message to share. Everybody's got their own unique experiences and their own unique outlooks you know there can be a thousand books on the same topic but they're not going to be the same as long as they are experienced I don't mean that they have to have a ton of experience you know it can be their own personal experience Mm
2: -hmm.
3: as long as they can speak or if they can write from their soul so they're not just regurgitating the same old advice but they're actually writing something that's coming from within themselves. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, totally, totally. But I think they have to get to that point before they can just say, okay, you know, this is, this is good for me.
3: Yeah, but do you know what? The process of writing the book develops that. So if they think, okay, I want to write about this topic, but I'm not sure if I know enough, as soon as they start researching it, do you know what? People generally know so much more than they think they do. Mm -hmm. Generally, they think other people know a lot more than they do. And then when they actually start writing and they actually start researching and, and piecing it all together, something clicks. And this is part of the transformational process of writing the book as well. Something clicks in them. And they realize that actually... I do know my stuff but obviously you know I mean I wouldn't go writing a book about how to unblock drains because I don't know anything about that it's got to be something (laughs) that they're genuinely passionate about (laughs) yeah you know like you can't just go writing any old book and it has to be what your soul's being called for you to talk about you know what what message you want to leave the world with. And if you're really feeling called to share that message, then you're
2: ready to write that book. Absolutely. But here's something that, you know, which I find interesting about you. Sometimes we listen to what other people say to us and about us, and we never reach our full potential. That, of course, is not you, because your English teacher told you that you were no good at writing, and yet you became a best-selling author. So if you had listened to your English teacher, you wouldn't be writing, but instead you decided not to. So what did that journey look like?
3: Oh, it took me absolutely years. I mean, I only wrote, I'm 38 now. I only wrote that book about two years ago. And since then, my whole life has changed, It's transformed. But it took me that long to get over that comment. I mean, I I was not an academic. I hated school. You know, I I didn't feel like I belonged. I thought I was stupid. I just, I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. But English was the only subject that I enjoyed because I loved writing. So that comment really cut me. I handed in an an essay that, you know, I, I was really, really proud of. And It was absolutely torn apart. And I just remember at that moment, just thinking, oh, okay, well, I thought this was the only thing I was good at, maybe not. And I must've made a subconscious decision then that I wasn't gonna write anymore. And I didn't. And I didn't start again until (sighs) I think I, it was when I was 30, when I started screenwriting. And even then I wasn't confident enough to show anybody my work. I've got so many, I've got so many screenplays even now that I don't think anybody's ever seen. I'll have to revisit them. Um, But that's how I started. And then gradually I started doing more and more. Mm. And then it was, it was the peace and the tranquility that I had out in Portugal in the middle of nowhere. Bear in mind, you know, I was two and a half hours walk away from civilization. I was literally in the wild with no power, no anything. And it was that space for reflection that just allowed me to think, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it if it doesn't work out. I don't have to show anyone, but I'm just going to do it. And I had been going backwards and forwards for about two and a half years with this book. And it was then that I really started taking it seriously. And yeah, and it came together within three months and and that was it. It
2: was out there. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you know what? They always say that things happen just the way they're supposed to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're in the right place at the right time, not the wrong place at the right time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. So tell our listeners where they can connect with you, how they can connect with you, and what you want to say to them. Connect with me. The easiest way is just
3: Facebook, Luana Ribeira. I'm always on there. I'm on there far too much. And if you have any questions or anything, feel free to send me a message. I always respond. And what do I want to say? I just want to say you have an important message and there are people out there right now who are waiting to hear what you've got to say, not what somebody else has got to say, what you, your unique insight from your experience, whatever that is, there's somebody out there right now waiting to hear that. So please don't ever, ever hold yourself back from being seen. Even if that one person makes a change, it's worth it that one person then goes on to impact other people. And before you know it, you have set off the whole ripple effect. And that can happen just through one conversation.
2: Isn't, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Yeah, I so agree with you. That's brilliant. Well, Luana, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. You've got great information. You are a, a joy to be with. And I'm excited to stay connected and create some new adventures together. Thank you so much, Judy. And I want to leave everyone with this quote. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business, and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio.